Oh. Good on my shirt. So I had a question. Yeah. When when that issue happens with um like uh like the whole schnitzel thing. And you know you you want you want to like change yourself. And let's put let's put Dave in the picture. The issue of the whole schnitzel thing is as follows: the schnitzel thing was to describe the, the the we're trying to measure our context in terms of mitzvahs. So we do, we describe a scene where a person steals your schnitzel, it's your schnitzel, because you're late and you haven't eaten, and he's taking it for seconds. Thirds. 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 Even worse. Thirds. It's even worse. So, mm -hmm. how do you feel when that happens? Terrible. You feel angry with them. Angry. You want to oh, hit him in the face. Murder. And the Torah says, in regard to that, it says, Loisikum and Loisito. You can't exact revenge. In other words, if he does that to you, and then you come the next week, and you've got the schnitzel, and he's, he's coming and hasn't eaten, and you're having your third, and you say, Ha ha, bro! I'm going to eat this baby. That's is the rise of Loisikum. If you say, I'm not going to be as low down as you, and I'm going to give this to you, it's also an issue to rise of Loisito. Elamai, Koshboki says, You have to love him. And therefore you have to say, Oh, you haven't got a shit. Please, have, oh, please have this one. Which means that that seems totally unrealistic to expect us to do that. On the other hand, the Torah expects us to do that. In other words, a person who, if that really happened in real life, and I, and I, I did one of those things, I said to the person, I'm not giving it to you because I'm not going to be like you horrible. Or else I said to him, I'm going to give it to you because I'm not like you. That would have been, I would have been over an Isidoraisa. So you see that the Torah does require that of us. So the Torah requires us to be on the level, we like angels. We like angels. That person does something really wrong to us. And we don't, we don't we, on the contrary, we don't feel it affect our relationship. That seems an unrealistic expectation. But yet, since, the, since Hashem demands it of us, so do you know what it is? It's a description of the greatest that we can reach. You can't, be, you can't be told to do something that you can't do. So obviously, if Hashem says, don't do that, it means it's within our powers not to do it. Okay? That was the schnitzel case. Now, we've moved on from them, but that's what Sipozik is referring to. So and in relation to the schnitzel case, Is there, when, that, when, when you're in that situation, is there like a tip to do it, is like fake it till you make it? Like, you hand it over the smell even though you're burning? It's not so clear. Inside. So uh, what you're saying is relevant to what we're going to go on now. In other words, what happens if, so you feel the anger inside, but then you enter the musashir. Exactly. So what you want to do is you want to ram the fork into his finger. Like this. <laughs> but... You went to the Musashir, so you know that you have to love him like yourself. So you feel the same hatred, and then you say, Yeah, false smile. Do you want a schnitzel? Eat it in health. And in your mind say, And I hope you die. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now what, that's one approach. In other words, what do you do? What do you, what do you do at this stage? Good. This will serve as an introduction to the topic we're discussing. Yesterday we discussed the topic of getting angry with yourself. Getting angry with yourself is something that we all suffer from. For example, say for example there's a person who's angry at himself because even though they're in a share, they can't resist the temptation to play with their phones. But they know it's inappropriate, they know it's not a thing to be doing. So they get angry with themselves as a mo they get the, you, get, you get angry with yourself. The example we gave is angry with yourself is you have just bought a brand new deluxe super swipe 
it's, it's, it's an iPhone which super swipe. It's an iPhone. It's an iPhone which is which is, which is so vast. It's beyond touch. It's a think phone. <laughs> you just want it, and it it's does. Implanted in your hand. It's implanted in your brain. Right. You, I mean, you go for like minor surgery beforehand, but afterwards you can just think, and the phone does. It's amazing. Yeah. So you think, and the phone does. So you've got this new phone, and what you do is, you just need to tie your shoelace, and you. There's a small ledge and you put it on the ledge. And as you're tying your shoelace, a wind blows and you hear it almost happens in slow motion. You look and you go <gasps> and the phone starts to hurtle towards the ground. Getting closer and closer. And the moment of impact comes and it goes crash. The screen is shattered. The battery is severed from the heart of the machine, useless and kaput, gone. So now you go, oh, oh, oh! You get very, very, very angry. You get very angry. Now the question is, who's getting angry with whom? The funny thing is, though, when someone walks by and they say, "Ah, oh, hi, can I help you?" You say, "Go away!" Now, why are you angry at him? You're angry at yourself. So what happens? So we describe that perhaps the internal model goes like this. The internal model is that there's two parts. <laughs> there's really there's there's two fundamental parts which 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 struggle internally. In ourselves, in ourselves. We'll call the one the seichel, the rational, intellectual, far sighted part of who we are. And then there's a nefesh. The nefesh is neither good nor bad, but both. The nefesh is where we really live our lives. The seichel is above us. It's in our head. Our head is above our body. The nefesh is in our heart. It's in our heart. Now, in our heart, there's a dichotomy. There's good stuff and there's bad stuff. There's lots of good stuff and there's lots of bad stuff. And the nefesh is the place where we live life from. Good? So now, this is how it works. In the nefesh, Mike, do you want to move for the? It's hard for me to see you when you. Uh, do you want to sit in the sun, Dafka? Yeah, I'm gonna talk. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'll go. You stay where you are, and then I'll just completely rearrange the chair. No. You have to sit in the sun. Then <laughs> sit in that chair. It's even more in the sun. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. So, great. That's fine. Is so this is this is a different perspective. Um, so, yeah, so we, um, so, <laughs> great, great, beautiful, so now, so you've got, so what's happening on this level, sorry, I feel like I've just invaded everyone's space, I feel like very uncomfortable, just rearranged it, <laughs> I was like, I was quite like out of it there, and now like I'm in the thick of it. So when when you when, that dialogue between there's a seichel and there's a nefesh, how does the dialogue happen? So what we suggested yesterday, we began to discuss, is that when you placed yourself on the edge of, on the on the ledge, there was something motivating you to do that. In other words, you could have theoretically your shoelace not being tied could have lasted another another ten meters. Ben, your. 
your 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 yourself your shoelace is not being tied could have survived another 10 meters where you would have found an adequate spot to place yourself on alternatively you could have put in your pocket there were other ways but the reason why you didn't do that is because part of your nefesh which is called the part we call it in hebrew atzlus the laziness there's a part of our nefesh which wants to avoid any effort at any cost it doesn't want to do anything and that's why we'll actually think if we're sitting down and we have to reach for a book we'll think do i really need that book <laughs> maybe i could um, just make it up and then you when you actually decide that you need the book you try to see if you can access the book through reaching it even though it's way beyond your reach so you stretch and then you say that's not work. and then eventually you make the commitment to standing up and moving three meters but it's amazing that there's actually a thought process that you try to resist any effort at any cost. It's a natural part of humanity, and that's a part of our nefesh. So what made me put the cell phone in such a stupid place? It's because there was a part of my nefesh which said, go for the lazy way. Do the lazy way. So when I did the lazy way, and then the lazy way backfired, so now who gets upset with whom? As we said, the nature of the mechanism of anger is when I want something, and I don't get what I want. The collision of those two wants, or the collision of my want against the reality, creates explosion of anger. I want my cell phone to be intact. The reality has given me a broken cell phone. Boom! Anger. Now, who do I get angry with? In every situation of anger, there is someone in my crosshairs. I can't be angry at nothing. I have to be angry at something. So over here, we could respectfully suggest that the person I'm angry with <laughs> it's, it's, there's nothing personal about you Mike it's just that there's a chameleon walking behind you outside the window though it was quite a fascinating sight I thought it was appropriate the person you're angry at yeah you were so what happens is what happens is what happens is you I have, I have a want. My want is that my cell phone should be intact. And that want has been obstructed. So who's in the crosshairs of my anger, in the sights of my anger? So it's the part of me that was so stupid that placed the cell phone on the ledge. So I get very angry with myself. Good? I get angry with myself. But when I get angry with myself, if I don't process it properly, Benjamin, what happens is that anger doesn't get absorbed into me and be, can be, it can be used as a creative energy for change. Instead, it gets pushed out of me. Why? Because look what happens next. So I get angry with myself, and I say to myself, Oh, what an idiot for doing that. But I can't accept the blame for what I did. Because there's another media that comes in at that point in time. That media is called my desire for honor. My desire for honor means you're a good guy, and you don't make stupid mistakes. If I don't make stupid mistakes, so then what did I just do then? Uh, it wasn't your fault. And then you start to blame. They, uh, I, I, I can't believe they, it's ridiculous the way they make these ledges. I mean, what a country, narrow ledges. I, I can't believe it. Or, you know, it's the way it becomes, you just push it out, you push it out. Like you, you have issues because, you know, uh, countless, countless day-to-day experiences we all go through on the bus, in the lunchroom, in our apartments, everyone else is, it's amazing how there's a world that everyone else is always wrong. I mean, not always. 90% so that's because we don't accept the responsibility for ourselves because the internal mechanism is too many things going on so the one thing is the utterness causes you the, the laziness causes you to make the stupid decision in the first place the seichel realizes it's a stupid decision gets upset with the utterness instead of absorbing it 
and doing something with it, something else moves in, which is, I have to be right at all times, so therefore, it's not me that made the mistake, it's the ledge. Because the angle is at the side. So now, what happens is, that midah of covet, of wanting on it, diverts the attack of the seichel to the atlas onto the ledge. Or anyone else happens to be my daladamas. So now, how do you go beyond that? So I want to give you a very practical, usable skill, which I use the whole time. It's called the internal dialogue. Now, at first it seems a little bit strange, but after a while you get used to it, and then either it remains strange, but it's not strange to you, or else it actually isn't strange at all. And I would like to suggest modestly that even though people say that the first sign of insanity is when you start talking to yourself, I would disagree and say the first sign of sanity, meaning thinking rationally, is when you begin talking to yourself. Who talks to whom in that discussion? In that discussion, the seichel, the rational, starts to speak to the nefesh, the emotive side of self. And this is how the discussion would take place in the cell phone in- instance. So you put, you put your phone on the side and it breaks, and you go, oh my gosh, how could I have done that? And then you immediately think, the stupid, stupid ledge. It's so badly built. And then the seichel comes in and says, my dear nefesh. Now, the seichel is above the nefesh. The seichel is insight, it has understanding. It's in the relationship, it's the father to the child. In terms of education, if you educate a child in such a way that the father is a stern, authoritative finger, finger, <laughs> excuse the Freudian slip, uh, a stern and authoritative figure, so the chances are, the chances are that the response of the person being spoken down to will be to reluctantly comply or else to rebel. Because when someone pushes me down, either I get pushed down because he's stronger than me, or if I gain strength, then I happily shift him off. So if the seichel becomes an authoritative voice inside your head, you said, you are stupid, don't make those mistakes again. So the chances are, you're not going to listen to that voice and there will be no dialogue. In order to create an internal dialogue, you, the seichel has to be the master mechanic. He has to be a very clever teacher. The, the secret, the secret of chinuch we've discussed before, is not to act as a dictator, but as a mediator. As a person that comes down to where the person, the mischanech, the person being educated is, and teaches them the skills for processing. So the Seichel says to the nefesh, my dear nefesh, it seems like you, you're getting angry. Well, of course I'm angry. I'm in the stupid phone, the stupid ledge. So, and then you're upset because your phone's broken. Do you know how much that phone cost me? I saved up six months to buy that stupid phone. I understand, you sound really upset. Of course I'm upset, what do you expect me to be? Okay, well, one second, let's, let's, let's think. Um, wha- how did it happen? The ledge! The ledge threw it off? No, no, I put it on the ledge. Did you know it had fallen off? Now, this at this point in time, the nefesh has a tzad of MS in it as well. MS is a midah. So the nefesh can say, I knew, I knew it was going to fall off. Well, why did you put it there? So now the good side of the nefesh starts to make play more of says, the truth is, I admit, the reason why I put it there is because I couldn't be bothered to find a better, more secure place because I tried to avoid effort. My dear Nefesh, do you feel that that's a productive way of dealing with issues in life? 
No, Seikha, I agree with you. It's, it's very destructive. I mean, this this phone is really just a small example of the many times that because I wanted to try to save it, I've actually landed up in worse problems. So you recognize it as, as something destructive. I do. Do you want to, my dear Nefesh, do you want to, do you want to move beyond that? Yes. Teach me, Seichel, how do I move beyond that? So my dear Nefesh, let's think. How do you think you should move beyond it? Well, I suppose it's a little bit about changing my mind as to what's the best mode of operation. Until now, I've always held by the default, which is that the easiest way is the best way, but I suppose that's actually not true at all. Excellent. What would be a better approach? Um, well, I suppose a person should consider consequences before committing an action. That's a great point. Let's, let's stop for the moment. I think, I think we're in a good... Let's maybe just keep on living together and continue this discussion and see where it takes us. End of discussion. Now, I can assure you, if you really, in real time, do a discussion, an internal di- dialogue like that, inside yourself, I can guarantee you, you'll feel that the anger is no longer vested, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. You don't, you, you, you sh- the anger is dissipated because you've taken it to its right place. You've used it to fix you up and not to destroy others. Any comments? Yes. Sir. So then is the end game that if it should happen again that you would not get angry? The end game is that, not that you should not get angry, the end game is that the process of life becomes an educational one. You keep on moving forward because you have on board. You've got an on board Rebbe. Rebbe Yerucham Levavit says in one of his first Ma'amorim that every person has been born with a Rebbe. An inborn Rebbe. Your inborn Rebbe is your Seichel. And he's there to guide you, to advise you, to assist you. But you have to, you have to appeal to his counsel. And you also make sure that he goes to a Rebbe school which is limitatorial. Then he understands what values are and the parameters and understanding of the... So, so that then moving above your intellect by letting your seichel be able to advise the rest of your body. Advi- advise the it's, it's, th- 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 That's not, again, what we're talking about previously about the level above. That's not this. Okay. This is in the level of seichel itself. Mikey. No, you should sense. actually, again, given the fact, uh, I wouldn't be caught doing this in front of people who don't know the process. You know, if you're in a public place and no one knows your shiv, if you're in a shivish public place, perfectly okay, because people talk to themselves the whole time. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen people walk around the way? One second, but he said that, so I can't understand. But one second, it could be though, if he said, oh, it doesn't work. So that's perfectly acceptable if you're in a Shavish environment. That's Adarabha. That's if you don't do that, people say that guy's so strange. He's not speaking to himself. But if you if you do that in a in a in a shopping centre, um, in front of your parents, in the middle of a discussion, you start having like a little discussion with yourself. Oh wow, it's amazing. Now there could be a shadow of keeping other aim over here. I wonder if she said that. problematic. <laughs> so, so in other words, practically speaking, practically speaking, practically speaking, so if you're in a public environment where it's inappropriate to conduct this discussion, excuse yourself, go to the toilet, the bathroom. Sit in the bathroom and say, Okay, let's start this discussion. What is my seichel going to say to my nefesh? And your seichel can open up and say, My dear nefesh. Why did you just walk into that shop and buy a pair of pink swimming trunks? So the nephew says, well, I think they look 
really cool. Say so it's problematic. Let's talk about your definition of cool kite. It is for coolness. <laughs> and so uh, now that we're out of a public area or whatever, you should have it in real time. A real, uh, verbally, make, actually not even, not, not think it in your mind. Speak it out with your lips, your tongue, your vocal cords. Like because the, the difference between a dibur and a machshava, speaking and thinking, is when you're thinking, so our thought processes aren't that clearly defined. The crispness that comes out when you express something in words doesn't often exist in thoughts. Thoughts have got quite flexible boundaries. Whereas when you say it, so then boom, it hits you in the face. Um, there's actually a... Um, there's divator are meant to be spoken. According to Alachiki, you don't make a bracha on thinking divator, you make a bracha on speaking divator. And there are sources that say, because when you speak Devar Torah, so then it becomes real in front of your eyes. Whereas if you just think about them, so it's in a, it's in a world that's not part of you. It's in a world which is above you. Thoughts are above us. Words, we live in the world of words. We don't live in the world of thoughts. All our interactions, the way we express ourselves, it's all words. So you start, you start with your Seichel also, right? You say, why am, why am I mad? Or let me... Or you can you can you can say as a, as a nefesh, so nefesh you can say seichel. You have to help me over here. I'm feeling overcome by anger. I know it's wrong. I just don't know how to get out of it. Give me some guidance. Or I'm feeling overwhelmed by sadness. Or I well, I want these people to stand up and clap for me. That's all I want. And no one's doing it. I mean, what's with that? Don't they realize my greatness? The marshal. You realize his greatness? Or I know you were standing up there. Oh, oh, he's going Thank you. It feels much better. There's a, there's a, there's a, there used to be a website called yourmighty.com. Uh, I don't think it's around anymore, but what you did was you typed in your name and then it had like a standard script, but it was, it was um, this choral, highly evocative, emotive, grandiose music and with writing coming out Superman style. You know, it starts distant. Uh, Superman, Star Wars style, where it starts in the, in the background <laughs> tiny and then it comes towards you and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you put in your name and it says, No man is as mighty as this. No man can do what he can do. And it goes on like this list of praises. And then it goes, This man is. And then your name comes up. Huge. And, you, and like, I did it. And I thought, Yeah! It's long last. Someone's huffed me. That's a really Hey, that's great. No, what a great website. If it's, if it's defunct, you can maybe restart it. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, by the domain too. Um, so, so is then the point of the Seichel then, because it, it sounds like the Seichel is just teaching. The, the teaching and guiding. He's not like taking control, he's just informing it he so can't they can take do control. it on their own. He can't take control. The Seichel isn't a controller. The only person in control is the heart. You can't. In other words, we make our decisions not because of what we know, but because of what we feel. So the seichel only succeeds to the degree that I, I, I can feel that this is the right thing to do. The seichel has to win over the nefesh. The reason why we don't change is not because we don't know, it's because we don't feel. Do you know how much I know? I know what I should be doing, pretty much, most of the time. Do I do it? No. I, I, you as well. I mean, it's not, <laughs> I'm not the only shaggy in the street, I'm saying. It's, yeah? 
Doesn't matter. I, I got it. I got it. Yeah. yeah. I got it. So, so the nefesh then should work on its own then with. Okay, so the same. Fine. The seichel's teaching the nefesh, and eventually the nefesh has to learn then. What's the the nefesh learns. The, the seichel's goal is to get the nefesh to do. To do. So then the seichel can worry about the emotions, and the nefesh can worry about the body, and they don't have to. Then the, at the end, no. What's the ultimate gain? Yes. The ultimate gain is that the gap between the seichel and the nefesh is completely narrowed until the nefesh becomes seicheldic. The nefesh responds emotionally to the MS. In other words, initially it's, so now, going back to the way we started, Max, so now you've got this schnitzel. Yeah. So now you have to deal with it. So that's when you start the discussion. Now, it could be that at this point you can't have the discussion because it's like waiting there for your schnitzel. But really the discussion should be, says the nefesh to the seichel, my dear seichel, this person is coming and he wants a schnitzel. I know it says, I know what I should do over here is give it to him with a full heart. Right now, because of what he did to me, I hate him. What should I do? My dear Nefesh, I understand where you're coming from and you probably feel very wrong. That's exactly how I feel, Seichel. My dear Nefesh, let's get a bit of perspective here. I'm listening to your words, Seichel. If I say to you, my Nefesh, what is your... You're in Shiva, aren't you? Yes. What's your goal in Yeshiva? Oh, my goal in Yeshiva is to perfect myself, to get in touch with the reality. My dear Nefesh, what's the reality of this world? The reality of this world is a place for tests. And why do you need those tests? Because those tests bring out my true qualities. My dear Nefesh, who tests you? Seichel, you know who tests me. It's the Creator. He designs my life so at every point of the way, he knows what to give me in order to bring out, like a good coach, bring out more about me, to bring out another element of myself. Now, my dear Nefesh, where would you grow more? By clutching onto the schnitz for yourself or giving it with a full heart to him? For sure, giving it with a full heart to him. Don't you feel that would be, a, in a way, liberating? Don't you feel that would be exhilarating? Can't you see that there's a part of you that would really enjoy that vanquishing your lower self? I actually do, Masechel. I actually relate to that a lot. In fact, here, Ruvain, how about you have the schnitzel? You need more than I do. Do you understand? You, you, you actually you start, that's, that's the point, you start to want it. Not, not like, listen, I know this is the right thing to do. So then the Seichel and the Nefesh have another discussion. So the Nefesh remains this bittered, not... The Seichel says, come, Nefesh, come out of it. And when the Nefesh hears the tiredness of the Seichel, the Nefesh says, you've got a great point there, Seichel, because the Nefesh is, the Nefesh is Tarubah's Ravatoif, right? It's a, it's a mixture of bad and good. If the Seichel speaks to the Nefesh, it pulls out the good from the Nefesh. If the Seichel doesn't speak to the Nefesh, it remains bad. To the degree that when we think about our Nefesh, we think about our Nefesh as Yetzirah. When we think about a nefesh, we think it's the evil inclination. No, no, it's not. It's both. But we've never spoken to it. So it only ever does a bad thing. And our seichel knows the right thing. So we think, oh, our seichel's good and our nefesh is bad. No, your nefesh is both. When the seichel speaks to and coaches a nefesh, the nefesh becomes good. Now this is said in a different form in different ways. This is the sugya of Lev. It's spoken a lot about in, in the Swarim. I don't want to go into the Swarim. Yes, Jeremy. Um, but couldn't it, couldn't you, like in the Schnitzel example at least, couldn't you run into an issue of like getting, letting yourself be walked all over and 
So again, now, now what happens? So, so let's say there's a person, that type of person would never have that conflict. The, the, the person who gets walked over is this type of person. He thinks he's so bound by other people's opinions of him that he's scared to refuse your favor because he's so subjugated to their perception that he feels if I don't do that favor, I'll be crushed because they'll look at me badly. A person who does a chesed, a chesed means that I'm doing it because I care about you. If I do it because I don't want to do it, but if I don't do it, he's going to look bad at me. That's the person who becomes the, the, the dirty rag, the doormat. So over here, it depends on the person. If the person is, is, is his major problem is his desire for being propped up, he needs to be scaffolded by everyone else's opinion, so then he's going to be a schmutz no matter what. The person is a person that doesn't care about that, he doesn't care about what people think about him, he just wants to lash out at them, he's got problems with anger, so then his problem, it depends what your problem is. So let's say your problem is that you like to be scaffolded, you can't stand by yourself, you need all these people you need. If someone says a negative thing to you, you just come and collapse. That's, that's, that's called scaffolding, meaning the thing can't stand by itself. So let's say you don't, you, you don't need, to, you need to be scaffolded. So the minute someone passes a negative commandment, so the scaffolding goes, boom, you collapse. So now you have to have a discussion with the nefesh of the Say the seichel to the nefesh. My dear nefesh, I don't understand. Just because he said you're stupid and you don't know how to learn, does, that, does his comment affect your intelligence? No, of course I'm saying my intelligence is what it is. If he says it is this and it is, so it always was that. And um, if it wasn't, it never was that. So what you're saying nefesh is that his comment can't affect your mental status or intellectual ability. No, of course not. So then why are you so distraught by what you said? understand? We are very affected by what people say. It's absolutely irrational because Seichel doesn't speak to us. Someone comes and may say to you, you are the laziest person I've ever met. If you are, you are. If you're not, you're not. <laughs> you are green. I'm not. Why? Why? We, we, no, we get affected by these things. Because right? there's no discourse. There's no dialogue. So how could you have said that? I can't believe he said that. He, oh, he's right. Yes. Okay, so then what you upset about? <laughs> He's just being my guy of MS. He's wrong, so what you upset about? Me man of shock! So do you understand that when you live this way, you're living a deeper life, a more intelligent life, a much more engaged life, a much more fulfilling life. Because you go through life, at the end of the day, after these discussions, you're becoming, you're training yourself. You've got this built-in coach. And when you've got a built-in coach, you can go, you can go, you can, it's amazing, I mean, it's, 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 for, it's, this is dichotomy, you see the strength of man. There was a pilot, his name is a pilot, uh, a helicopter guy in the army. In 2006, there was a massive helicopter collision. And uh, this guy's helicopter just broke down. He was in a terrible terrorist state. His name is Gershoni. Uh, what's his first name? Gordon Gershoni. And what happened was he was, he was in hospital for months and he, he suffered terribly, very badly injured and both his legs were paralyzed and he decided that he's not going to be a victim he went and started to play tennis now it's hard to play tennis when he's got no, his legs don't work so he played wheelchair tennis and he started to train and train and train and he's just won the gold in the Paralympics he won the gold medal from being absolutely written off, like he wasn't, they were sure that he wasn't going to live. So now, when I hear that story, you see, you see the greatness of the human spirit. 
But then again, a person can reach higher levels in the tennis championship. I'm not, again, but I'm saying you can, there's, there's a loftier sense of self-expression in tennis. But it's a great illustration of how against the odds, against the odds that your physical body really isn't such of an encumbrance when your spirit is great. Ibnossen Sifinkel was a man that medically was unfit to function. Should be in a home. Should be in a home. I speak to my father. My father's a doctor. He said, What? How long did he have? He had Parkinson's when he became Rosh Hashiva 22 years before he died. So the people, people don't function when they have Parkinson's, certainly not for that long. So if he was functioning like being a, that would be one thing. But he built the yeshiva. I remember when he became Rosh Hashiva, and I remember the size of the yeshiva. There was one base medrash, and then I remember they extended that one base medrash and they built a new part of it. And then there were like 800 people in the yeshiva. And in the state of completely diagnostically being unfit to live, he built the yeshiva to a yeshiva of 5,000 people. Built new buildings. Encouraged. The way he, 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 he spread to was unfathomable. And he was a person that, according to the laws of nature, was unfit to say hello to me in the morning. I, I, I would go, visit, go see him and he'd be collapsed on the bed and he'd be barely able to speak. But he used that last ounce of strength to ask people's questions. I remember when he used to, he used to give Shir Kali and he had to clasp onto the stender because he was, he's, he was shaking so much. And he literally do shit like this. And I just saw, I, I remember the time thinking that for him to wash his hands in the morning is probably more energy and strength than I use in a year. So, so you see that when you train yourself, now that doesn't happen overnight, you have to train yourself. Don't be an Olympic champion just because you want to be an Olympic champion. You need to have a good training. You need a coach. But we've got a coach. The coach is a seichel. But you need to employ him. You have to hire him. You can't need to sit on the sidelines and you say, I don't want to hear you have to say coach. Uh, a coach that you don't listen to is worthless. So I think that's uh, something to practically apply. Go for it. Try doing it. Try it. I can assure you it works. It works. Not only works, but it builds you. you all of a sudden, you reframe... You, you, Within the moment, you do re- lots and lots of reframes until all of a sudden you're able to overcome issues which would just stagnate and fester inside of you. Engage yourself.